Chapter 20, Part 2 of the Commentaries on the Laws of England, Book 2, by William Blackstone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Roy Haynes of Alienation by Deed, Part 2. I proceed now to the fifth requisite for making a good deed, the reading of it. This is necessary whenever any of the parties desire it, and, if it not be done on his request, the deed is void as to him. If he can, he should read it himself. If he be blind or illiterate, another must read it to him. If it be read falsely, it will be void, at least for so much as is misrecited, unless it be agreed by collusion that the deed shall be read false, on purpose to make it void, for in such case it shall bind the fraudulent party. Sixthly, it is requisite that the party whose deed it is should seal, and in most cases, I apprehend, should sign it also. The use of seals as a mark of authenticity to letters and other instruments in writing is extremely ancient. We read of it among the Jews and Persians in the earliest and most sacred records of history. And in the book of Jeremiah, there is a very remarkable instance, not only of an attestation by seal, but also of the other usual formalities attending a Jewish purchase. In the civil law also, seals were the evidence of truth, and were required, on the part of witnesses at least, at the attestation of every testament. But in the times of our Saxon ancestors, they were not much in use here. For though Sir Edward Coke relies on an instance of King Edwin making use of a seal about an hundred years before the conquest, yet it does not follow that this was the usage among the whole nation, and perhaps the charter he mentions may be of doubtful authority from this very circumstance of being sealed, since we are assured by all of our ancient historians that sealing was not then in common use. The method of the Saxons was for such as could write to subscribe their names, and, whether they could not write, to affix the sign of the cross, which custom our illiterate vulgar do, for the most part, to this day keep up, by signing a cross for their mark when unable to write their names. And indeed, this inability to write, and therefore making a cross in its stead, is honestly avowed by Cadwalla, a Saxon king, at the end of one of his charters. In like manner, and for the same unsurmountable reason, the Normans, a brave but illiterate nation, at their first settlement in France, used the practice of sealing only without writing their names. Which custom continued when learning made its way among them, though the reason for doing it had ceased, and hence the charter of Edward the Confessor to Westminster Abbey himself being brought up in Normandy, was witnessed only by his seal, and is generally thought to be the oldest sealed charter of any authenticity in England. At the conquest, the Norman lords brought over into this kingdom their own fashions, and introduced waxen seals only, instead of the English method of writing their names and signing with the sign of the cross. 
The impressions of these seals were sometimes a knight on horseback, sometimes other devices. But coats of arms were not introduced into seals, nor indeed to any other use, till about the reign of Richard I, who brought them from the crusade in the Holy Land, where they were first invented and painted on the shields of knights, to distinguish the variety of persons of every Christian nation who resorted thither, and who could not, when clad in complete steel, be otherwise known or ascertained. This neglect of signing, and resting only upon the authenticity of seals, remained very long among us. For it was held in all our books that sealing alone was sufficient to authenticate a deed, and so the common form of attesting deeds, sealed and delivered, continues to this day, notwithstanding the statute 29 Charles II C3, before mentioned, revives the Saxon custom and expressly directs the signing in all grants of lands and many other species of deeds, in which, therefore, signing seems to be now as necessary as sealing, though it hath been sometimes held that the one includes the other. A seventh requisite to a good deed is that it be delivered by the party himself or his certain attorney, which therefore also expressed in the attestation sealed and delivered. A deed takes effect only from this tradition or delivery, for if the date be false or impossible, the delivery ascertains the time of it. And if another person seals the deed, Yet, if the party delivers it himself, he thereby adopts the sealing, and by a parity of reason, the signing also, and makes them both his own. A delivery may be either absolute, that is, to the party or grantee himself, or to a third person, to hold till some conditions be performed on the part of the grantee, in which last case it is not delivered as a deed, but as an escrow, that is, a scroll or writing, which is not to take effect as a deed till the conditions be performed, and then it is a deed to all intents and purposes. The last requisite to the validity of a deed is the attestation, or the execution of it, in the presence of witnesses. Though this is necessary, rather for preserving the evidence, than for constituting the essence of the deed. Our modern deeds are in reality nothing more than an improvement or amplification of the brevia testata mentioned by the feudal writers, which were written memorandums introduced to perpetuate the tenor of the conveyance and investiture when grants by parole only became the foundation of frequent dispute and uncertainty. To this end, they registered in the deed the persons who attended as witnesses which was formally done without their signing their names, that not being always in their power, but they only heard the deed read, and then the clerk or scribe added their names in a sort of memorandum. Thus, Eis Testibus, Johann Moore, Jacob Smith, et Aleis, Adank Rem Convocatis. This, like all other solemn transactions, was originally done only Corum parabus, and frequently when assembled in the court baron, hundred, or county court, which was then expressed in the attestation, teste comitatu, andredo, etc. Afterwards, 
The attestation of other witnesses was allowed, the trial in case of dispute being still reserved to the pares, with whom the witnesses, if more than one, were associated, and joined in the verdict, till that also was abrogated by the statute of York, 12 Edward II, FT1, C2. And in this manner, with some such clause of eis testibus, are all old deeds and charters, particularly Magna Carta, witnessed. And, in the time of Sir Edward Coke, creations of nobility were still witnessed in the same manner. But in the king's common charters, writs, or letters patent, the style is now altered, for, at present, the king is his own witness and attests his letters patent thus, Teste me ipso, witness ourself, at Westminster, etc., a form which was introduced by Richard I, but not commonly used till about the beginning of the 15th century, nor the clause, aes testibus, entirely discontinued till the reign of Henry VIII, which was also the era of discontinuing it in the deeds of subjects, learning being then revived, and the faculty of writing more general. And therefore, ever since that time, the witnesses have subscribed their attestation either at the bottom or on the back of the deed. 3. We are next to consider how a deed may be avoided or rendered of no effect. And, from what has been before laid down, it will follow that if a deed wants any of the essential requisites before mentioned, either 1. proper parties and a proper subject matter, 2 a good and sufficient consideration, three, writing on paper or parchment duly stamped, four, sufficient and legal words properly disposed, five, reading if desired before the execution, six, sealing and by statute in many cases signing also, or seven, delivery. It is a void deed ab initio. It may also be avoided by matter ex post facto, as 1. By erasure, interlining, or other alteration in any material part, unless a memorandum be made thereof at the time of the execution and attestation. 2. By breaking off or defacing the seal. 3. By delivering it up to be cancelled, that is, to have lines drawn over it, in the form of latticework or cancini, though the phrase is now used figuratively for any manner of obliteration or defacing it. 4. By disagreement of such whose concurrence is necessary in order for the deed to stand, as the husband where a femme covert is concerned, an infant or person under duress when those difficulties are removed, and the like. 6 by the judgment or decree of a court of judicature. This was anciently the province of the court of star chamber, and now the chancery, when it appears that the deed was obtained by fraud, force, or other foul practice, or is proved to be an absolute forgery. In any of these cases the deed may be voided, either in part or totally, according as the cause of avoidance is more or less extensive. End of chapter 20, part 2.